What's going on, FCS football fans? Welcome to the FCS Opening Drive Podcast, presented by the Connecticut School of Broadcasting and Football Game Plan. I am David Hassig, and to my left, the ornery star of the playbook, <laughs> Emery Hunt. Emery, good morning. Good morning, man. I'm fired up, man. Like, I can't believe how stupid some people are, man, but we're going to leave it at that. Fantasy brings fantasy brings the worst out in people, oh, man. Oh, my God. And like, so do Twitter trolls. So Everybody's an expert. <laughs> Everybody's an expert from their couch, we might add. Not yeah, like, forget the fact that you have done the job. Nah, these, <laughs> these numbers over here we just created tells a different story. Well, I can create a metric that says your metric is wrong. So exactly. There. Like, <laughs> like man, I, I was on the moon, man. The moon is real. It's, you know, there's no gravity. Well, statistics say that you're wrong. Like, I was just on the doggone damn moon. <laughs> this is what we've gone, gone into here, folks. It's been like this all morning. Don't forget, folks, we're going to get into the Southland here in a little bit. If you want to listen back to any of our previews, we're only a couple weeks out from the season now, folks, here in the FCS. You can go to you, uh, you can go to iTunes or SoundCloud, search Football Game Plan in the podcast section. You can listen back all the way to the Big Sky Conference. You can listen to the Ivy, the CAA, whatever you want to do. Don't forget to go to footballgameplan.com slash kickoff. We're on YouTube slash football game plan and on Twitter at the FCS kickoff at FCS opening drive and at F ball game plan. Let's get into it, Emery. We got a lot to talk about and we're going to start actually, we're not going to start with the Southland like we normally do on this program. We're actually going to go because we have some breaking news coming out of stats from Monday morning. Craig Haley. Craig Haley has released the, well, FCS stats staff has released their preseason top 25. Now, Emery has been a busy man. He's been out in Canton, Ohio. He's been doing coaching Browns interviews. Camp, coaching interviews, Giants camp. He I has, have not seen the list. He has not seen this. I have. So we're going to get some genuine reactions here. There's not a ton of surprises in the top five. Okay. Not a ton. We're going to, number one, North Dakota State, not a shocker. Defending mm-hmm. national champions, JMU, number two. Two years ago as national champs, last year's runner-up. Number three, South Dakota State. Ooh. A solid number three. Okay. That's South Dakota State. Sam Houston State, number four. They are routinely in the top five. Which is where they finished last year. Number five, Kennesaw State from the Big South. All right. Now, I understand the sentiment of being high on Kennesaw. A lot of players returning to this lineup. I get it. They had a nice little run in the playoff last year. And so you combine their playoff run last year with what they have returning, I can understand the optimism with Kennesaw. So that is not as shocking to me. I don't think they're going to finish at number five. I think they'll drop a little bit probably because I still think they're going to lose a game or two. Um, but certainly on the up and up. I mean, they proved a lot of people wrong last year. Let's go in five-team segments, and they'll get your reaction after each segment. Number six, Jacksonville State, last year's champions of the OVC. They finished high last year. Fair enough. Good point. Number seven. New Hampshire. Number, New Hampshire Wildcats. Number eight, Weber State. Number nine, Eastern Washington. And Wofford comes in at number 10. Now, a co- next to a couple of the names in these last five teams I mentioned, I wrote HOW in all caps with a question mark. I think you know the two I'm referring to. Your reaction is? <laughs> well, you know what? To be honest, I know we will differ on this one. I actually like that, that, that mix because... Are you crazy? <laughs> well, New Hampshire is a solid team. I think they're, you know, we saw that last year how they they're went in the playoffs. They're picking number two in the CAA. 
but New Hampshire is good this year. Like I think they're really good. Eastern Washington, I know that's where you probably have a, a question about that's why. another one. <laughs> but but here's why I like them there. There were a lot of injuries they dealt with last year and a lot of other issues. You know, case in point with the true, quarterback, true, right? True, true, true. They're now healthy, and I think that it, I think they're much better as a result. So I can understand why you would have some questions and some reservations, but I can understand why. They have them there. Remember, this is not Craig Haley's list, but you can still direct all your complaints to <laughs> at Craig Haley. This is a combination of people that voted on this list. I, I, I might have to. Uh, I might have to send a tweet or two. Yeah, at Craig Haley is, is where you can <laughs> throw all your complaints. But like, I, I get that. I like that. I like six through ten. See, here's the thing with Eastern Washington. I expected them to be ranked because, as you said, they did have a lot of injuries last year. They had a, a couple off the field issues, right? And they're better than that. We know they're better than that. Last year, it was shocking to see them fall off, right? Number nine is far too high. I expected to see them maybe around the 20 mark as, as like a peak. Wow. You know, uh, still ranked, still pretty 20? high. 20? 20. That's what I would see them as because you have to prove it to me. Okay. You have to prove it to me. Let's move on to 11 through 15. Samford in at number 11. Elon at 12. Northern Iowa, 13. A&T at 14. And number 15, Delaware. You know, it's interesting to see Delaware yeah, back that high. But it's interesting because all offseason, all you heard was how high everyone is on Delaware. To me, 15 is about where they should be. But considering how everyone thought. You, you expect them a little higher? I thought they were going to be ninth or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, So I'm not shocked at that. Uh, Sanford, you know, we just did the SoCon. Right. Sanford, you know, Sanford is good. Sanford is going to be a playoff team this year. I just don't know if they're the best team in the SoCon. Remember my hot take. That's all I'm going to say. What was your hot take? Undefeated in the conference for Sanford. Sanford, okay. That's just... And you got Kennesaw playing Sanford in the championship game, right? No. Okay, I, th- <laughs> I thought I heard that too. No, 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 no. Whoa, watch yourself. Hey. Easy there. So let's go to 16 through 20. Central Arkansas, the beloved Purple Bears. We'll talk about them in a little bit there at 16 after uh, winning the conference last year. Central um, McNeese State, 17. Nichols at 18, so we got three Southland teams right there bunched all together. 16, 17, 18. Villanova at 19. Solid positioning for them. And Stony Brook, they're still hanging around at number 20. All right. This is where we have some questions. (laughs) Because I can make a case for Central Arkansas being, you know, higher. They finished number 10 last year, and and they were undefeated in the conference. I could see them being, like, higher. You know, maybe, like, 12 ish 12 to 14 yeah. that range yeah McNeese they should be a top 10 team I think we just got a preview of the hot take I, I think McNeese <laughs> is good good uh shout out to McNeese too because we know they should have made the playoffs last year we'll get to that in a second as well Nichols you know I, I think Nichols is where, where are they Nichols is at 18 see I think that's too low I think Nichols should be in that 10 to, to 14 range mm-hmm. um but I so that's where I have some Villanova is another interesting one because we've Vill- talked about them. Yeah. They got a solid. They team have a solid. You talk about team that was snake bitten with injuries. Mm-hmm. They're like the Eastern Washington of the CAA. That's a team that's going to. I would will be willing to bet after week three, Villanova will be a top ten team. And Stony Brook uh, in at number twenty. They had obviously they kind of came out of nowhere last year in the CAA. You know why? Some big programs going down. Joe Carbone. Yes. Played his butt off last year, protected the football, and that has been all they've needed. Competent quarterback play. He went from a liability to a tremendous asset, and it had 
it catapulted them to a phenomenal season. And we just talked about this off air. They get another big time talent coming in and tight end Tyrone Wheatley Jr. Yes, that Tyrone Wheatley Jr. coming in from Michigan. The uh, tight end, so just another target for Stony Brook. Let's get into the last five of the top 25, and then we'll talk about the uh, teams that just missed out as well. Um, Illinois State is at number 21. The Governors of Austin P at 22 in the preseason rankings. Who would have thought that five years ago? Here, hell, three years ago. Who would have thought Austin P would have thought that ranked? 11 months ago? <laughs> exactly. Who would have thought Austin P would be ranked in the 2018 preseason poll? Furman at 23. The Grizz of Montana at 24. And Youngstown State just creeps into the top 25 at 25. Let's just go. Uh, let's go through the next few teams down though, because I want to see what your reaction is to those. South Dakota is 26, Western Illinois 27, Southern Utah 28, Northern Arizona 29, Grambling at number 30, the Idaho Vandals at 31, Yale 32, and Sac State at 33. That's surprising that there's no Ivy League team in the top 25. I get that they start like a couple weeks after these mm-hmm. guys will kick off. But Yale is a phenomenal football team. Why are they not in the top 25? Mm-hmm. I understand Grambling being where they are. They lost a ton of talent. Once yes. again, they're replacing a whole new quarterback and running back. So, yeah, there's some questions there. When I look at the, the 20 through 25, I am shocked that Austin P with all that they have returning, coming off the year they came off, is, rate, is ranked this low. They got to make sure they don't make the playoffs again. We can't have that in uh, as an excuse to get another CAA team in. That's a crime. <laughs> South Dakota not being ranked is another crime. How is Youngstown cracking the top 25? I'm sorry. I know they're usually a powerhouse. They were a powerhouse not too long ago. They have lost. They've fallen off a lot. Well, How are they in there? They uh, Again, keeping with the theme of teams that had injuries last year that are now healthier and deeper, Youngstown State, to me, is is deserving of being in the top 25. But I am shocked South Dakota is not in there and an Ivy League team that, that missed it. And Montana? Montana is right where they should be, I believe. I, th- I think that group- And Northern Arizona is another one that uh, was shocking because I think Northern Arizona is a strong team this year. Yeah, I, I think I think that group from like 23 at Furman down to like 30 or so. It's, it's really kind of a toss-up of yeah. who you put Furman in is spots. another good football team. That's the team I think people are sleeping on in the SoCon. I just gave a little tidbit right there. Shh, shh, it's fine. It's okay. <laughs> that was but, last uh, week. So, again, that's our top 25. All your complaints and thoughts go to at Craig Haley or the FCS stats team who put that together. Nah, just hit them all at Craig Haley. Or at Craig Haley. Either one. <laughs> we'll, go, we'll just go out to him directly. Craig, we apologize for what's about to happen to your mentions. <laughs> anyway, let's... So, we, as we said, four teams in the top 25 preseason from the Southland Conference. That's how the year finished last season in uh, 2017. Let's talk about that. Central Arkansas, not not the highest-ranked team, but undefeated in conference play. They finished at number 10. They won the conference. Uh, Sam Houston State finished second with Nichols and McNeese uh, uh, finishing in uh, with 7-2 and two records in third and fourth. Nichols finishing ranked 25, got in. McNeese State finished ranked number 22 left out with nine wins so we can uh, talk about that all day long um but uh steven uh, sam houston state finished at number four in the polls they got all the way to the semifinals crashed and burned in the semifinals um and when they got there let's talk about 2017 a little bit because again there are a lot of new teams in this conference as well down at the bottom of this conference that are starting to work their way into the fcs process but the top of this conference was very strong last year yeah, it really was. I mean, you talk about 
Central Arkansas, Sam Houston State, McNeese, who got snubbed. Shout out to Nichols for getting back to the playoffs. Coach Rebo, great guy, great coach. Uh, great program down there, too. And to be honest, we saw two teams finish strong last year in southeastern Louisiana and northwestern state. Both mm. are now replacing coaches. But this is a really good conference, a deep conference, right. and one that should have had four playoff participants. Yes. You know, McNeese going 9-2 and two and not getting in, winning the last three games is an outright crime. Yeah, let, let's be let's be fair here. We're not saying that Nichols should not have gone in. No, we made they, the case on the show that Nichols should have been in easily because people were questioning yeah. whether or not Nichols should have been in. Both teams should have made it in. Both right. teams, let, let's make that perfectly clear. We're not saying McNeese should have been in instead of Nichols. We're saying McNeese should have been in as well as Nichols. Right. So, but, I mean, that one, I mean, between Austin P and McNeese, we had a a combined conniption. Yeah, the, both <laughs> of those should have been in easily. Slam dunks, especially when you win. Imagine winning nine games. And having to stay home. And watching this draft, and you see UNH pop, and you're like... If it, I'm McNeese, I would have just showed up at a game, and like, we're playing somebody. <sighs> yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, I mean, between them and Austin P winning eight games from, with their story, I mean, obviously, the committee doesn't care about story. That would have been a great bowl game, too. That would have been <laughs> the We Got Snubbed Bowl. Yes, the play-in by, game. Presented by, who, who do you think would be a FCS sponsor for that? FCS Stats. Presented by Craig Haley. <laughs> Just personally, he puts up the money for the whole thing. <laughs> he puts it on his backyard. I don't know how big his house is, but we'll just go with that. Um, but you, you mentioned it. it um, really, it was a deep conversation. Southeast Louisiana, I think, surprised some people with how good they played. They struggled early on. Um, but all six of their wins were in conference play. Yeah. So it's a team that can win in this conference. Northwestern State is getting there. And then you have two other teams that are you know, usually powers, Stephen F. Austin and Abilene Christian. I mean, it wasn't too long ago Abilene Christian is up there you know, fighting for playoff spots and going making deep runs. Um, in Division Two, though. In Division Two, right? Um, so it, obviously, it's it's a team that has a it's a conference that has a lot of pedigree. Um, you have three new teams with Lamar, Incarnate Word, and Houston Baptist as well at the bottom that are starting to build. Shout out to Incarnate Word's uniforms, very very sharp, phenomenal for this season. But a lot of overhaul this year uh, in terms of the coaching ranks, and let's talk about that. Um, and we'll talk about one that happened just about a week or so ago. Stephen F. Austin. Uh, Clint Conkey, um, we don't really know the details. We're not going to get into them. Uh, was suspended for all of spring ball and um, was finally finally resigned um, last week. Craig Haley breaking the story on FCS stats. Um, they have not repl- named a replacement that I know of as of, as of this point. We're assume, assuming it's an interim yeah. sort of position. Um, interesting interesting situation at Stephen F. Austin. Yeah, it's it's tough, man, because you know he was a phenomenal coach and. Yeah. It's you know there's the details are very thin. It just says you know school uh, issue or whatever school violation. It could school, be any number it of could a be dozen anything. things. You know he could have took extra salt packs out the cafeteria. <laughs> whatever it could be, right? Knowing the NCAA, that might be that good could enough. be a, a severe violation. That's death penalty. You know <laughs> violation. <laughs> salt shakers. <laughs> Why? <laughs> How dare you? But. I just, you know, I don't know enough about the situation to comment either way. Right. It's just tough for Stephen F. Austin because what they have, you know, building yeah. toward coming into the season, you expect everything to fall into place. And for this to throw off everything, it kind of puts this year into question. In in a way, though, it you have to look at, again, you have to look at the bad, the good and the bad situation. The fact that the suspension happened before spring ball, so they were able to, you know, practice and do this whole thing. Or during spring, it was one of those two, yeah. during spring ball or... But yeah. have some time where to practice as a team 
without him. Right, without, with the interim. Yeah, know, with the interim. I get so it. It, it helps a little bit, but you're right. This is certainly going to be. Um, it's going to be interesting to watch how Stephen F. Austin starts out this season because that's going to tell us a lot about. I mean, obviously, what kind of talent they have is going to be a part of that, but the character yeah. um, of this team with a really tough situation. Um, Sidebar. They also have phenomenal uniforms. Not too many teams could pull off purple, but they do a great job with the purple and black. Mm. It's outstanding. With the Texas logo on the side with the FSA, yes. FSA, out, outstanding. Yes, phenomenal. exactly. Another team that can rock the purple, Central Arkansas. Yes. Uh, making a coaching change. Steve Campbell uh, moving on, moving up in the world. He's the uh, new head coach at South Alabama in FBS. Nathan Brown taking over. Um, for Central Arkansas, a team that was, you know, really had put together a couple of pretty good seasons back to back. Nathan Brown now has that in his hands to try to take over. Yeah, Nathan Brown is a a, a really good coach, and he's going to a program that I know Coach uh, Campbell did a great <coughs> job uh, keeping the, the the pipeline really stocked with talent there right. at, at Central Arkansas. So this is a good team. Um, I think that they're going to do fine. You know. He's been in the program too since 2009. He yeah, was a quarterbacks so, coach. He you know he played there, was the OC for the last since 2014. So he he knows this program and he's another young head coach too. And it's always good to promote from within. Yes, continuity is king in college football. Yes, 31 years of age too. Not bad for your first That's head coaching job. But it, you know, shout out to young coaches out there because if you you know bide your time, pay your dues opportunities like this present themselves and they can take it and run with it you can do it yeah exactly <laughs> shout out to the Ar- central arkansas bears you know the purple and, and and gray or first of all the feel is is excellent yes um and we you know i wear a, an extra large shirt so just letting the central arkansas bears know um <laughs> if they if they want some sweat yeah exactly if you want to send some swag over like hint slide in my dms i wear extra large <laughs> let's move on to one of the new teams in the conference incarnate word um larry keenan fired at the end of last season he kind of brought the program up time to move in a different direction then they go to a very different direction they go to eric morris uh who's taking over his first ever um position as a head coach but he spent the last three seasons as the offensive coordinator at Texas Tech. And you know what kind of offense they can bring to the table. So is Incarnate Word about to see a whole transformation into a true Southland team? Right. That, that's, the, that's the goal, right? They, you know, they just joined uh, the conference in 2013. And when we say new teams, we're talking about the teams that were newer. Yes. Yeah, like uh, Houston Baptist, Incarnate Word. Uh, Lamar was recent, um, you know, as far as football is concerned. Uh, so that's what we're talking about in case anyone is out there, Abilene Christian. I, I don't want them to, to dive into your mentions, so I have to pick that, you know, protecting you. you. Thank but you. Dive into Craig mentions, but don't dive into Dave Hashagan's mentions. Thank you. So, uh, but yeah, they're in a, a unique spot because they're in San Antonio. They're right down right. away from uh, UT San Antonio. So you have an FBS program and an FCS program in the same city. Uh, there's no shortage of talent in the state of Texas, I'll tell you that. No. Um no. So they, they're going to have their picks and choose of who they want to play. Great field, great uniform, uh, great new staff, uh, especially on the defensive side. I think the defensive assistant coaches they've brought in is going to help get them up to speed because we know if you have defense in this conference, Southeastern Louisiana, McNeese State, Nickel State, you're going to be very successful. Central Arkansas. Yep. They, I mean, they, Traymond Smith just got drafted and is doing phenomenal things right now with the Kansas City Chiefs in, in training camp. So right. if you have defense in this conference, 
you're going to be successful. Yeah, Justin Decent in charge of the uh, defensive coordinator. And you look at, uh, again, um, with what Eric Morris is going to do, he learned from Mike Leach. That's the air raid yeah. offense. So this That's is like seven wide receivers, three linemen, and, <laughs> <laughs> and a quarterback. Street ball, really. Exactly. And by the way, Eric Morris uh, also was a second team All Big 12 for punt returning when he, during his playing career. So we'll see what he does on special teams. Also, his nickname, and I don't know if he hates this or not, so I apologize if you do, the Elf. Hey, well, that says a lot. I mean, but he does have a good returner in place already in Cody Edwards, who's coming back. Uh, he missed all of 2017, mm-hmm. and Cody Edwards is one of the best receivers and returners in the conference. Let's move on to uh, – we got two more coaching changes. Uh, the Northwestern State, as you said, pretty good year last year, came on strong at the end, but they have uh, uh, changed coaches. Jay Thomas resigned at the end of the season. Uh, Brad Laird is moving in. He's also brought uh, Brad Smiley in as a new offensive coordinator. What what are we looking at for the uh, for the demons with a new coach? This is one of those coaching hires that I was super excited about. Mm-hmm. Brad Laird is a legend in the state of Louisiana, and going to Northwestern State, uh, one of those sleeping giant programs. Quite honestly, you know, yeah, I mean they they were the cream of the crop for a while in the in the early eighties. Um, Joe Delaney, the the famous Kansas City Chief running right. back that passed away trying to save those two kids, right? Um, but Brad Laird was a doggone legend, you know, at quarterback, throwing the football at Northwestern State. So it means something to him. Yeah. You know, and that's huge. And when you have a, a coach that is coming back home, I'm excited about that because, you know, I grew up in New Orleans, but big Louisiana football fan and, and seeing mm-hmm. all these, these these guys playing and balling out like that and getting coaches back, you know, in, in the fold – I was excited about it. This was something like this was the football fan in me happy that they made this they they made this hire because I thought that this was a home run. And the fact him being there during the glories, he's not going to be uh, too happy with them seeing be, seeing them number eight in the coaches poll in the preseason coaches poll. He, that's not going to sit too right. well with him. So that's that's, gonna that's be a, a little really bit. underrated program, man. There's so many underrated programs in Southland. Well, let's talk about one of the other ones, Southeastern Louisiana. Um, yeah. Ron Roberts, he's moving on. He's now the defensive coordinator for yes, your, exactly. for your you made alma a great, mater, the Raging Cajuns. It's a great life choice. So there's going to be a new head coach at Strawberry Stadium. Yes, it is called Strawberry Stadium. Um, Frank Skelfo moving in as the first-year uh, head coach. Um, I like Selfo. Selfo. I like, I like Selfo. He's a, he's a really good coach. Him and his brother Chris are outstanding coaches. And, and he's an experienced coach as well. This yes. guy has been... All over the a lot of uh, work in the high school system in Texas. Oh, high school! Have you seen the high school football in Texas? This is it's, it. Might as well be a full time job, it, right? With those guys, and then he moved on to Tulane. He was at Louisiana Tech, Arizona. Yeah. Went to the Jacksonville Jaguars for a couple seasons. He was at uh, Texas San Antonio. Was his last job as the OC and quarterback coach. This is his first head coaching job at the age of fifty nine. So this has been a long time coming for college ball, at least. Um, for Coach uh, Selfo. He has two great things going for him. Um, recruiting ties to both Texas and Louisiana. That team is going to be good. That team is going to remain good. Think yeah. about this. We talked about this before. How good of the talent, the talent has to be in the state of Louisiana to where all your programs are competitive. Northwestern State, Southeastern Louisiana, Nichols, McNeese, Grambling, Southern, UL Monroe, La Tech, University of Louisiana, Tulane, LSU. All competitive. There are no bad football teams in Louisiana. Underrated state. Bingo. Underrated state. And Southeast Louisiana, number five, by the way, in the preseason, Paul. But 
they're not too far away from where McNeese was. That's all, that's all I'm saying. Is Southeastern Louisiana could shock some people. And shout out to Louisiana College Division Three program. New Division Three program, I would say maybe 2001 or two, something like that, uh, has already been to the playoffs, I believe. So even the Division Three program in Louisiana is good. There are no bad football teams in Louisiana. There's really no, I mean, every game you're going to see in the Southland is entertaining, no matter who's going to line up on the field. And let's talk about the other, let's, five reasons why we love the Southland. And I, I'm just going to lead off with this one. Offense. Yes. Offense is king. This is the Big 12 of the FCS, folks. If you want to watch, if you're looking for somebody, oh, I don't know about the FCS, show them a Southland game to start things off with. That will get them hooked because it's all offense all the time in this conference. They are very underrated as far as offense is concerned. As far you know, you're right. You hit the nail on the head. The Big 12 of the FCS. That's exactly what it is. But I think you know when you watch a game, you want to see competitiveness. Like you don't want to see an arena football game, but you, you sometimes it happens. But you still appreciate the competitive competitiveness. And, and how they play. The style of play is yeah. not bad, and it's a good style of football. And the, I would say number two would be the fact that you have, and shout out to Central Arkansas, yes. but you have Texas and Louisiana. Yeah. So that means you have a ton of talent. So you're seeing guys at the highest of levels, high school-wise, right. getting in these FCS programs and performing great things. So I think because of the, the output that you see, the scoring, the Big 12 of the FCS – in conjunction with the fact that it has been a, a Texas-Louisiana conference for forever, with all that talent in there, yeah, that's another reason. People why. don't people don't get how deep the talent in high school is in Texas because you have schools that are maybe 50, 60 kids. These really small town high schools they play seven on seven ball instead. They don't put it on a full team. They just play seven on seven and everybody plays. So <laughs> this is a football crazy state. What's, what's reason number three on your list for tradition? Tradition. Tradition is huge. You know, I don't know if you, this is way before your time. Way before. Uh, yeah, way before your time because <laughs> there, there was a big mascot fight on the sideline between Northwestern State <laughs> and at the time Northeastern Louisiana, which is now UL Monroe. So hilarious. You know, this was in 87, so I, I don't even think you were even nope, born yet. So, not yet. But yeah, this was a good, uh, <laughs> the, the tradition here is, is phenomenal. Of mascot fights, not uh, the football. Just well, the mascot. It's, you know, obviously the football is, is good. Because you got teams like McNeese and Nichols, Northwestern. Um, you have uh, Sam Houston, Stephen F. Austin. That battle, the Battle of the Piney Woods. Yes. That's a, a great rivalry. Um, so, yeah, and, and the fact that they were able to get Southeastern Louisiana to restart football and rejoin the conference was, was huge. So I just love the tradition here uh, because it's that – Southwestern Louisiana, that Northwestern Louisiana, that the western part of the state is, yeah. is in conjunction with East Texas. It's just great football just to watch. It's really, it's Cajuns and Cowboys. It's Bingo. Really that's it exactly is. what, that's a great way to put it. C&C. We got great barbecue in one half <laughs> of the conference, right. great gumbo in the other half of the conference. So it's, it's one or the other. I think another thing that makes this conference really fun to watch is the way that they give other teams just fits. Yeah, on like on the field, and and I'm not just talking other because there's not too many out of conference games in this conference because you do it's a large conference they have to play they play nine games out of their eleven in conference, but even against FBS teams, you better be on your game otherwise these guys are going to run right by you. Yeah, I mean I, I like that uh, component of it as well, and because anytime you can go out of conference and, and win and play and compete, that tells you all you need to know about the strength of the conference, and it's not yeah. just the top teams. Even some of these, you know, lower end teams are still trying to find their way. Can go out of conference 
mm-hmm. and give teams problems. I would say the last thing was just the history of it. Uh, you know, the fact we're talking about the teams that are already in it. Right. But you kind of talk about Arkansas State, Louisiana Tech, North Texas, uh, UL Monroe, uh, University of Louisiana, Texas State, UT Arlington. Um, you know, those are the teams, Troy State, at the, when they were Troy State, but not at right. University of Troy, but a Troy University. But those teams are also a part of the Southland. Yeah. I, I mean, so it's a, a, a tradition-rich, historic conference, a lot of good football. And I, I do believe the folks in that part of the country enjoy watching those games. Yeah. You know, these are these are some, some really good games. And Southern football, not, not to knock anywhere else, you yeah. know, I know we're sitting in the Northeast, but Southern football, deep South football, it's probably the best football in the country. It's, it's a different breed. And in, in, in a way, the Southland is kind of doing what SoCon did about 20, 30 years ago in producing te- teams that are going up to the FBS level. Right. You look at the SoCon, and I mean, obviously, they're producing giant programs like your LSUs and your Alabamas, but they weren't originally that way. You know, they built their way up in the SoCon, and then they became the SEC. And then they, you know, other teams came in, and they branched off and became the ACC. So the Southland is kind of doing that now with how many teams are going to Conference USA, going to the Sun Belt, going you know in, into these conferences. And people forget uh, for for a stint there, Jacksonville State was in the Southland too. Yeah. So I mean, you know, that's a good and and there's a couple of teams and we mentioned that could probably restart football that could easily jump into Southland University of New Orleans, you know, um, UT. San, uh, Pan American, not the UT Pan American, UT Arlington, and if UT Pan American wants to start football as well, they are right there uh, in Edinburgh, Edinburgh, Texas, so they have a chance to, to jump in the mix too. So there's some opportunities for teams to grow. Uh, Corpus Christi, um, that's another squad that can that that's in yeah. the conference for other sports, but can restart football. So there's there's growth potential here. There's a historic reference. I think this is really – this is probably a good – this could be a really good FBS conference. This is no different than the Sun Belt. Yeah, no, I think they're – I think these, this conference, the, so, the SOCON and the Sun Belt are pretty close They're pretty to much the same, other. yeah. They're pretty close. So you could, you could have t- the top teams in these conferences easily competing for Sun Belt titles if they wanted to. Um, I mean, the Southland is just fun, folks. Yeah, it's it, a fun, it, fun it's brand. Just, it's just a fun brand of football. You're going to – you know, you may not see – as many of the big hits if you like defense, but if you just like having fun ball and just watching it just being thrown all over the yard, it's just crazy. I got a question for you. Sure. Who has the best uniforms in the Southland Conference, in your opinion? This is a serious question. Fans want to know. Oh, best uniforms in the Southland. I mean, as you said, there's quite a few good ones. Good color combinations, by the way, too. Good color combinations and no craziness like Florida A&M. We'll get to them. Well, I mean, so, you know. <laughs> It depends on how you wear it. The orange or green, Miami does orange and green well. Yeah. Because yes. they have a lot of white in it. Yeah. It kind of balances it out. It's a lot of purple in this conference, though. Really? Abilene Christian's in there. You got Central Arkansas in there. I like Central Arkansas uniforms, though. Yeah. The gray the gray works with the, with the purple. Um, Incarnate Words uniforms this year, slick. If you haven't seen them yet, folks, they're they're actually they're actually pretty good. They're yeah. not bad. Um, I mean, I, I personally... Personally, I actually really, really like Southeastern Louisiana. The the uh, green and yellow, the, the unique unique color scheme. You know, it's it's not a you know leprechaun green. It's right. like it's like a, it's like a, it's a smooth. It's green. a forest green almost. Yeah, it's a smooth green with the yellow. I, I like that look. I, I would say for me, it's two. I think 
the red and gray of nickels is mm, outstanding. That's classic. It's a cla- It's a good combination. And I like the – a lot of people don't like their uniforms, but I think their uniforms are dope. Um, McNeese, the color, the yellow yeah. and blue. It yeah. makes me think of the Rams, you know, the the, the right. throwback Rams. But I love that yellow and blue combination. I think that's just a clean look. All right, all right. That's I mean – Solid fashion choices. Again, we, had to get, we had to get that in this in this episode. We had to get a, a fashion segment in the episode. Again, we, we might actually we might go into this during our uh, <laughs> our our season preview in a couple of weeks. We might actually have to say, you know what? Let, let's figure out who's got the best uniforms, and we'll base it on because that, that could determine whether or not you win games. Honestly, <laughs> oh, only if you don't have talent. I, I think the uh, the True. Twitterverse would have an issue with that one, uh, folks. We're, we're going to take a quick break here. When we come back. Uh, we have another piece of news to uh, pass along to you, the, uh, the future retiring of another legend. We'll talk about that in, in a second. Then we'll get into the big games. There's quite a few. I mean, there's a big game every week in the Southland Conference here. Uh, we'll talk about that. We'll have Emery have his team-by-team statement on what they're going to do this season. And then we will have our hot takes once again. And, uh, again, when you're in Louisiana... The hot takes are extra spicy, extra humid, extra, <laughs> extra <laughs> humid, extra spicy, and uh, you might not understand everything they say. But that's <laughs> that's that's just uh, shout out to my Cajuns. That, that's that's just how it is down in Cajun country. So, folks, we're going to take a quick break. We'll have all of that when we come back. Stay with us. So you've been thinking about changing careers. Well, now's the perfect time to check out Connecticut School of Broadcasting. We have nearby campuses in Stratford, Connecticut, Westbury, Long Island, and Hasbrook Heights, New Jersey. Almost everything you hear on the radio, everything you see on television and on the internet was made by a creative team of audio and video professionals. Producers, camera operators, sound designers, these are the people who work behind the scenes to make it happen. Connecticut School of Broadcasting can help you switch from your current career path to the more exciting world of audio and video production. We've placed thousands since 1964. Visit GoCSB.com, call 1-800-TV-RADIO, and come in for a studio tour. It's your chance to test drive the same equipment that's used in real radio and television studios, talk to the instructors, and meet other people who share your excitement about the radio and television industry. Listen, if you're ready for a career change, if you like the idea of working behind the scenes, come in and see what a career in broadcasting is like and see if it's right for you. Connecticut School of Broadcasting has nearby campuses in Stratford, Connecticut, Westbury, Long Island, and Hasbrook Heights, New Jersey. Call 1-800-TV-RADIO or visit Go csb.com Welcome back folks to the FCS Opening Drive podcast presented by Football Game Plan and the Connecticut School of Broadcasting. Again folks, you can listen to us on demand on SoundCloud and iTunes if you want to listen back to all of our uh, previous podcasts on conference by conference. You can listen back to our outrage when we found out that McNeese was left out of the playoffs from last year. You can even go back that far. And Emory's always got stuff going up for if you're interested in pro football, you can easily go into that. And he's got a team by team breakdown that he comes out with all the time, as well as coaching interviews. They're really, really informative, really fun to listen to. So don't forget to key in on those. And we'll let's let's get into it, Emory. Let's get into the second half of the podcast here. And before we go anywhere. We got to talk about this. Um, we mentioned it on the sh- on the show last week. We talked about uh, the retirement of a legend in uh, of Mike Ayers at Wofford, and we said, you know, I thought he was gonna, you know, outlast Jimmy Laycock. Well, apparently Jimmy Laycock might have been waiting for him to retire because <laughs> he wasn't gonna be the first, right? <laughs> he's not gonna be the first. Uh, the longtime head coach of William and Mary um, is going to retire at the end of this season. Um, this is his 39th season in charge. Of the tribe, I mean, you talk about a guy who he's already got the the football complex named after him. He's been there basically his entire life, an absolute legend. 
Um, finally, calling it quits after the series. I mean, he is he is seventy. I mean, Coach Laycock. I mean, you got um, at least you finally figured out. Okay, I need to relax. <laughs> you got to relax a little bit. Um, but uh, as, as we said, I mean, this guy took him from the Yankee Conference, from a Division One AA independent, all the way to the CAA. An absolute legend, and I mean. This is another moving on of a dynasty, really. Yeah, I thought he was going to get to forty. I thought he was going to retire after he got to forty. And we can't, we can't knock him for his age because no. we just saw seventy-six-year-old Jerry Glanville give Johnny Manziel fits in the <laughs> CFL. You know, four intercepts in the first half, I yes. believe. Uh, so shout out to to coaches in the seven in their seventies, right? But Laycock is a legend, you yeah. know. Um, and I, and I thought, like I said, I thought he was going to get to forty. You know, now I really got to get down to Williamsburg. Uh, to to interview him, I was yeah. trying to do it last spring, uh, but the schedule conflicts didn't work out. I really got to get down into to get to pick his pick the brain of a legend, you know. And yeah, um, shout out to him for going out the way he wants to. Um, exactly. And, and you know, again, a, a guy that's going out w- with his head held high, a lot of wins, a lot of victories, a lot of pro prospects he developed, and a, a program that is has had the respect of other teams in the FBS. Like that's locally, like your Virginia's, yeah. Virginia Techs, those programs, they they kind of they they admire what he has been able to do with the tribe. And again, you talk about you know coaching trees, and you know there are some legendary ones. His is not. You got Bill Stewart, former head coach at West Virginia, and you got two current NFL head coaches coming out of his coaching. Dan Quinn was an assistant; he's now with the Atlanta Falcons, and Sean McDermott now with the Buffalo Bills. They were both assistants under Jimmy Laycock at William and Mary, and uh, Mike Tomlin played under Laycock. And Mike, yeah, there we go. So it, it, it's a it's a testament to how he is as a coach, how he is as a man. Um, so, Coach Laycock, enjoy your final season. Um, hopefully, there's, you know, obviously last year was pretty rough for the tribe. They went zero and eight. First time ever he's gone winless in a conference, which I mean, again, testament to his coaching ability as well. We hope you enjoy it. We hope that you you know get as much success as you can out of this year. Um, and then a fruitful and relaxing retirement, hopefully, um, outside of the game of football. Let's get back into the Southland, Emory, and let's talk about some of the big games, and there are plenty in the Southland Conference. As we said, not a ton of, um, not a ton of out-of-conference games. There are nine in-conference games every year, so there's only, only leaves two slots. But I want to start with one, and um, it's going to be a little bit personal for you because it's against it's, it's two teams that uh, you were probably rivals with when you were a Cajun uh, on September 1st, Southeast Louisiana at Louisiana Monroe. That's an interesting game. Any chance for an upset there, you think? There's always a chance because the the talent level is so close between the, the two right. conferences. Um, and it's a it's a game that, that means something for recruiting. Uh, there's a bunch of those type of games in the state. Like you said, you have Grambling yeah. and, and Louisiana playing to kick off the season too. But UL Monroe, I think, is going to probably – be one of the contenders in the uh, Sun Belt. So this is a really tough game for Southeast Louisiana, but it's going to be a good game. Though. I think you're right. This is one of those intriguing matchups. Another intriguing game that I have that's out of conference, um, Nichols at Kansas. That's winnable. There's an opportunity there. <laughs> that's winnable. We saw South Dakota State go into Kansas and, and almost knock off the Jayhawks. Oh, they did knock off the Jayhawks, I yeah. believe. They beat them once. Um I think Nichols has a legit chance to, to beat Kansas. And I like Kansas' staff. Uh, coach Tony Hall is a great recruiter. He's the running back coach over there, my former college teammate. There you go. Uh, so he <laughs> that there's the, the connection. So, But they have to win that game. Yeah. Nichols can really strengthen their case. Again, we know how 
if you beat FBS opponents, that, that looms large come playoff time. This is a big game for them. This is one that's, that's definitely winnable. It's definitely winnable. Another out-of-conference game, again, there's not many of these, but you talk about recruiting. Grambling at Northwestern State. That's a great game. That's a massive game on September 8th. Yeah, that's a really good game, man. I like that matchup, too, because Grambling isn't too far from, from – uh, Northwestern State, and again, you're fighting against teams that you know very well for as far as talent is concerned. You recruit the same players. Grambling is replacing a quarterback, uh, a, a great one. You know, in the two years he was there, right. uh, Northwestern State coach Laird, you know, his own program coming back home, so to speak. Two former players at their universities are playing against each other. Bob, uh, Fobbs at Grambling and Laird at Northwestern State. Such a great game. Uh, I would, another out of conference game that's a game of intrigue early. Mm-hmm. Central Arkansas at Tulsa. Ooh, the Golden Hurricane could be uh, yes. in for a storm of their own for the Purple Bears. Uh, what oh, you're saying? I, I like how you put that headline out there. Yeah, they could be in store because where people underestimate Central Arkansas is, uh, I think, the reason why they're so good. Their offensive and defensive line. Yes, they match up against. We've seen them match up against Arkansas State. We've seen the matchup well against other FBS opponents, against out-of-conference FCS opponents. This is hmm. going to be an intriguing game here hmm. for Tulsa. Very intriguging game. And, again, with the conference that it is, you're going to get some big games in September. I want to highlight one here. Central Arkansas at Sam Houston on September 29th. Yeah. Early, massive game that could decide the conference winner. I would also look at Northwestern State in southeastern Louisiana on that same day. Yeah. You know, that that could be one of those that's the type of game that could get you to, you know, be the difference between six and five or four and seven. Um Nichols at McNeese on September fifteenth. Yeah. Huge game, right? Massive. And that's early in the season. Uh, another out of conference game that, that it's interesting we missed that is gonna be a good one. Sam Houston takes on North Dakota. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting, because again, North Dakota, they're shifting their way back. They're moving into a different conference. They're an independent this year, but solid ball club. Now, I do. Now, we had a. Now, for you guys listening to this podcast, we had a whole argument before the show about home and away. <laughs> well, I, I, not the two of us. I did. I ranted about home and away. <laughs> now, I'm on record saying home and away doesn't matter, but it's going to be interesting to see how North Dakota deals early on in that game deals with the humidity in Texas. It's still mm. September, which means it will still be 119 degrees out there. <laughs> and Sam Houston State plays on turf, which uh-huh. means it'll be 455 degrees out there in Huntsville, Texas. So uh-huh. they better hydrate now for that game <laughs> against North Dakota. See, South Dakota got, got away with it when they played Nichols because it was in December. <laughs> it was only like 80 degrees. But see right here in September... That's going to be on on that turf. That's a 400-degree day. So the water's going to be a precious supply. What, yeah, because it's going to turn to steam. So that's, I would say that's a huge game. And always we got to talk about the the Battle of the Piney Woods, one of the best robberies yes. in, in uh, the FCS, Sam Houston State and Stephen F. Austin. That's a big in one. Houston. That's another game, a couple games I want to see in September. And, again, we talked about what's going on at Stephen F. Austin. There's going to be a pretty good litmus test in September when they play Incarnate Word away and then they're home with Abilene Christian. I think that's going to be interesting because, again, it's a team that struggled a little bit last year, finished 4-5 and five in the conference, 4-7 and seven overall. 
that's I mean these are two games that they should win. You're gonna love my hot take. It's gonna be two. That's uh oh. Those are two, <laughs> those are two games that I think <laughs> they should win, like on a normal day. That'll give me give us a good I think indicator of where they are mentally as a team going with what's going on uh, in the last couple of weeks. So Abilene has a, uh, another good one that I like that I have earmarked here October sixth against McNeese. That's a big game. That's a big game. That's that's a big game. That's not a uh, step over for McNeese, is what you're saying? No, 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 no. It's Uh-oh. a big game. I didn't say it was a game of inventory, but this is a big game because... I've just been tumbled. <laughs> because this is a really good... I think this is a good contest. Um, I, I, I really do believe people are sleeping on the Wildcats. Oh, my. This hot take is going to be... This is, this is going to be... Gumbo, it's gonna be dirty rice. Oh, it's gonna be. Check you out. What did you Google that before you got here? No, 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 no. I I, 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 I met up with a couple of guys from Louisiana, a couple of sheriffs actually, when I was in uh, in Missouri during the Joplin tornado relief. I couldn't understand a word they said, but the gumbo was delicious. It's all you need to get. <laughs> it's all I had this massive pot. Of, what's in this thing? Well, I'll do this here. Uh, okay, it tastes good. Thank you. And I, and I just moved along. There's no offense intended here. We folks, probably please. should do like a great tailgate. In the south, the only tailgate I would probably do is Southland Conference. Honestly, oh yeah, that's it. I've heard LSU is ridiculous. That's yeah, I mean, even University <laughs> of Louisiana is, is outstanding. But the only tailgate I would attend, let's say if we did an FCS tailgate trip, uh-huh. Southland. Yeah, there's no other conference that's worthy of doing tailgate. <laughs> now, credit to the folks out there in North Dakota State because in the cold and the freezing, out there in the parking lot, I had some phenomenal food. Yeah. They were excellent out there. Uh, but if I had to pay my hard-earned cash to go and tailgate around a conference, easily the Southland. You talk about Texas and Louisiana. There's no comparison. Barbecue, gumbo, jambalaya. Everything. Uh, All kind of animals you didn't even know you could eat. <laughs> Armadillo is delicious. Right, exactly. <laughs> Apparently, I don't. I wouldn't know. <laughs> Let's move on into this, Emery. And we're not Bearcat. Gonna, <laughs> Bearcat. We're, we're not going to talk about each team's tailgate. We're actually going to talk about their football here on yes. the team-by-team breakdown. Let's start with those Abilene Christian Wildcats. Two and seven last year, two and nine overall. Second season though for Adam Durrell in the at the helm. You seem high on the Wildcats. First of all, phenomenal coach number one. Right. This recruiting cycle, heavy JUCO. Mm-hmm. They give that. That's the old Kansas State model, right? Right. Recruit JUCO heavy, give you a chance to compete early while you develop your young guys on. So, I think they'll be much better than people think going into the season. Interesting. Let's move on to the defending conference champion, Central Arkansas, ranked in 16 at the uh, in the preseason poll. Nathan Brown again his first season. He's brought in a whole new staff as well. Uh, Ken Collins and Max Thurmond is the OC and DC uh, for this year. What are we looking at from the Bears? Can they uh, bounce back with a new coach? Yeah, they can or sustain. You know, I think they're going to be good too. Right. Offensive and defensive lines are excellent. They'll be breaking into the new quarterback, so that always takes a little bit of transition. But as long as you're good on both sides of the line of scrimmage, you got a chance. Move on to one of the uh, one of the newer teams, one we haven't really talked about, uh, Houston Baptist, the Huskies. Um, sixth season under Vic Sheely. Um, last year, 0-9 in the conference. They only won one game. Um, what can we look for from Houston Baptist? They've done a good job in recruiting, uh, and they're, they're going to be, you know, tragic loss in the offseason uh, as they're f- – all everything linebacker Garrett Dolan died tragically. You know yeah. he was prepping for an NFL opportunity. I, I covered him in the uh, 
I did the broadcast on the Tropical Bowl, yeah. and he had a really good week of practice and was waiting for that free agent opportunity after the draft yeah. and died suddenly uh, in a tragic accident. Um, so we'll see how that helps this team move forward. But I do think they, they're, they're one of those schools that have recruited well. And now it's time to see the turnaround. You right. know, We've seen it in spurts from Incarnate Word, from Lamar. We haven't seen it from Houston Baptist yet, and I think now is the time for them to really start kicking it into the gear. New offensive coordinator for them as well, uh, Zach Kitley, is taking over. New co-defensive coordinator, Jeff Mills, joining uh, Roger Henshaw on the staff as well, so it'll be interesting to see how they do. Let's move on to Incarnate Word, the Cardinals. Um, again, new head coach, Eric Morris, he's brought in a whole new staff as well. He's also, they brought in the air raid offense to Incarnate Word. Will they be uh, spreading the uh, spreading the gospel wherever they go in this conference this year? Yeah, I think they can. And the <laughs> trip part is like you, you. I mean, you're in Texas, so it's not like they haven't seen this before. Like you said, Texas yes, Tech, right? Sam Houston State, my guy, with all the passing they do, uh, working touchdown to check down. So the offense would be exciting. Let's see if their defense can get back to what it used to be uh, when they had Mike Tavares, who ended up had a a, a nice little stint in in training camp with the Philadelphia Eagles a couple of years ago. A good athletic linebacker. So if they can get their defense up to par, which I think they will with the staff they brought in defensively, this would be a good team. And to keep an eye out on Cody Edwards as well, the senior yeah. wide receiver. He's back. He's uh, second second team all conference in the preseason. We'll see what he can do. Imagine Let's, how good you have to be second team all conference and you didn't even play last year. That's uh, that's a statement, isn't it? Let's move on to Lamar. Another set of Cardinals and too many Cardinals around here. Yeah, way too many uh, Cardinals. Mike Schultz into his uh, his second season in charge of Lamar. What can we see from them after a 2-9 and season last year? They have to find the right mix of what they want to be. I feel as though since they've rejoined football, it's been up and down. Okay, we want to be a run team. We want to throw the ball. We want mm-hmm. to you know, rely on 3-4 defense. Now we want to go to a 43. So finding an identity is huge for them. If they can do that, they can find that stability within their program and they can have success. Let's move on to McNeese State. Something to prove after last year being snubbed Lance Guidry, his third season in charge of the Cowboys. Does McNeese make people pay this season? Well, apparently they have to run the table because we've seen last year 9-2 and two doesn't get you in the playoffs. they got to go 11-0. Yeah, well, right? they got Northern Colorado and BYU are their out-of-conference games. Listen, the BYU game is going to be a game of intrigue. That could – yeah. <laughs> yeah. I agree. McNeese should have beaten Nebraska a few years ago. Yeah. Like a, a – if it wasn't for a phenomenal play by Amir Abdullah, they knock off Nebraska. Yes. They can beat BYU. All right. So, I think this defense. Very underrated. They're outstanding. They have some legit horses on, on this football. B.J. Blunt, the linebacker. Yep. We talked about Ham, the running back. Tabari is a really good quarterback. This is a good football team. Look, look at the D-backs, too. Darian Dunn, only a sophomore. Good and Colby Burton going into his junior season. Not to mention they had two. They have four guys, as you said, on the offensive first team, and and Tabari isn't one of them. Right? <laughs> where where's where were they ranked in the uh, top twenty five poll? In top twenty five poll, they were at seventeen. They also got one first place vote though in the preseason poll for the uh, Southland. They were ranked seventeenth. Seventeenth again at Craig Haley for all your complaints for the. Uh, Top 25, McNeese State, that's a strong team. Another guy to watch, Lewayne Ross, the tight end. Yeah. Also a very You got a tight player. end in, in college football that can play. You're doing some things. This is a this is one of those teams that 
I think people are really sleep. Uh, nine. It's funny to say that the team that went nine and two is is being slept on. Yeah, definitely. Nickel State, the team that did get in last year with an eight and four record, um, they bring back a very strong defense. Very, very, very strong. Um, they have Chase Forcade in at quarterback. They've got a lot of pieces in this team that can really make, give teams fits. What are we looking at for Nichols? Sully Leach is is a phenomenal defensive lineman for. Uh, Nichols, and I think when you look at what he, it's been two guys that it has really turned this program around. So Sonny Leach and um, Chase Forkate, those were two cornerstone recruits, right? And you build, you know, from you build out from from there. And we've seen them have a guy that's now. I was just at Brown's camp, and Christian Booty had a really good week of practice. You know, he's a Nickel State guy, so right. not only are they they're good defensively, like you mentioned, they're developing pro talent. Testament to Coach Rebo and his staff. Nichols is here to stay. This is a, a good football team as well. And uh, like I said before, when you talk about a guy that, you know, Rebo is is Louisiana through and through. Right. And so he knows the talent in, in that state. And he has really made it cool again to go to Nichols. Right. And that's why we're seeing so much success. I think they sustain that success uh, this year. I was about to say, there's a lot of seniors, though, that are impact players on this Keep team. Keep an eye on that. When you have a simulating so, team that's coming off the year they came off of, and the way they lost in the playoffs, now you have added motivation with an experience. You want to go out good. Oh, my goodness. So let's move on to the, the demons of Northwestern State. Great nickname, by Great the way. Great nickname. Phenomenal colors, too, orange and purple. That's that's awesome. Brad Laird, the first-year head coach. Brad Smiley and his, his new OC. Um, Northwestern State, as we said, came on pretty strong at the end of last year, 4-5 and five in the conference play. What can we expect from the Demons? Much improved, you know, number one. Coach Laird knows the program, played there, starred there, out legend at Northwestern State. Right. Uh, passing game is going to be first and foremost. I think where they're going to be – they were already they were already good on defense, in my opinion, or, or one of those good defensive teams schematically. Mm-hmm. They got good individual talent. If they can get that squared away, I think this team could be one of those teams that can get over 500 in the uh, FCS. Hmm, interesting. They were 4-7 and seven last year, and they, they weren't a bad football team. Yeah, I was about to say, that, that game against Grambling in Week 2, that's going to be a That's good, a two-game swing, you know. Yeah, that, that's a uh, that's going to be a telling point. Let's move to Sam Houston State, ranked number 4 in the preseason poll. Casey Keeler uh, into his fifth season. Uh, he's got a new offensive coordinator, Ryan Cardi, taking over for Sam Houston. I mean, we know what to expect, though, right? Yeah, I mean, points. <laughs> All the points. All the points. Nathan Stewart, outstanding receiver. Uh, Davion Davis. Another outstanding receiver and punt return. This dude averaged 21.3 yards of punt return. You know how ridiculous that is? That, that's called elusiveness. That's flipping field position tenfold. Yeah. Like a great average is 11. He's got double that. Double that. So I'm, I'm guessing there are going to be a few NFL scouts potentially at uh, Sam Houston. Oh, yeah, because you got, you got the receivers. Now, they also got a really good incoming recruit, too, at quarterback. Because at first, that would have been the question mark. Mm-hmm. Oh, they lose Briscoe. Right. You know, who's going to replace Briscoe? But 5,000 yards. They got a transfer coming in, um, Dari, from up here, Rutgers. So they're expecting big things out of out of him, Mike Dari. Uh, so we'll see how, how he – because if he can hit the ground running, they got the perimeter options. Yeah, they do. You know, they're going to be one of the top teams in the FCS once again. Also, a very solid offensive line. Very always they have Wantanabe is a uh, I was about to curse but he's a <laughs> a freaking horse up front 
We're losing him, folks. He's going. He's going. It's been I've been on one all day. Too, too, too many Twitter trolls. Let's move on to the Lions of Southeastern Louisiana. Six and three last year. Had a very, very good season. Um, they've got some pretty good players coming back as well on the uh, on the offensive side of the ball. Marcus uh, Cooper is going to be a guy to watch at running back. What do you like about Southeastern Louisiana? I worry about their defense. Uh, Ron Roberts was a defensive guy. And that's why he chose that opportunity with the Raging Cajuns. Right. So I wonder what defense, what the defense will look like. Offensively, I don't have a problem with it. Uh, I know Coach Selfo can coach. He has, like I said, the, those ties to Louisiana and Texas. Right. They'll be a, they'll still be a competitive team. I just wonder what defense will show up. And and talk about another decent player, kick returning wise. They've got some uh, some firepower with Juwan Petit Frere. Yeah. Um, and linebacker Tamarcus Russell is going to be a lot on him as well to be a leader this year at the linebacker position. They've also got an incoming recruit that's outstanding, uh, and we have that video up already on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash footballgameplay. Check that out already. Last team in the conference, Stephen F. Austin. As we said, some turmoil going on right now with the coaching situation. Um, we don't know what direction they're going to go in with their next head coach. We don't want to speculate on that. But this is a team that went 4-5 and five on the field last year. They've got some pretty good players coming back. Elise Ward. Very good defensive back. Um, pretty good players on the offense side of the ball as well. Tamrick uh, Pace, the wide receiver. Um, what are we looking at from Stephen F. Austin? You had a fraudulent slip there early on. You said Stephen F. Austin. Did I really? At Which least is, I didn't say Stephen A. Austin. I, I, I watched too much. Too much. <laughs> too much first take. But I like how you said Stephen F. Austin because oftentimes last year or when you watch Stephen F. Austin – they are in ball games. Yes. And the bottom falls out. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes, it happens in the second half. If they can shore that up, we know they have talent. We know they have offense. We still just trying to figure out consistency. A lot of close games. A lot of close games. So they only beat Incarnate Word 37-31 you, last year. See? Like even their wins, were, like they beat Abilene, Abilene Christian 20-10. to 10. So they're not blowing teams away. It's inconsistent. Like, yeah. one week they look like Sam Houston State, the next week they look like Lamar. Yeah. Shout out to the Cardinals. <laughs> all of them. But it's just, you know, hopefully at some point they find that stability because this is another sleeping giant program. Yes. S- uh, Stephen F. Austin in Nacogdoches, check him Nacogdoches, Texas. There My dad's go. from yeah. Nacogdoches. Uh, and all he raves about Stephen F. Austin. You know? And so... Hey. This program has – you talk about Jeremiah Trotter. You talk about the old tight end slash receiver Michael Ricks. This is a good football program. Yes. They have to find a consistency. You're recruiting in East Texas. You got talent for days. Where do you need Where do you need consistency, offensive or decent side of the ball? Defense. Mm-hmm. And keep in mind, this is a team that just had John Franklin drafted. Yeah. You know. Who was a you know he was at the NFL Combine got drafted this year good defensive lineman I believe he's going to the Rams right so uh, a good football team just find consistency on defense and they could be great. Elise Ward could have a big year too this year the junior the defensive back he's also pretty good on the offensive side of the ball too if you need him to be. Um, let's get in, right into it and, and with how you've been all morning, I'm not just expecting a flambe hot take i'm again this is this is texas and louisiana so i'm i'm i am looking forward to a 12 hour smoked red pepper crusted wow check you out like you really was how long you was in in missouri with all this louisiana food it's it's not the fact that i've been there a long time i just like to eat okay (laughs) so i'm expecting a extra spicy hot take 
on the Southland Conference. What do you have? Well, let's start with the appetizer. Okay. Four playoff teams. I would agree with that. Okay. So that was that was a little taste, right? Mm-hmm. Because you, you should have had four last year. So right. Four. I, di- I believe Abilene Christian will have a winning record. Okay. Okay. Now keep in mind this team was what two and nine last year. Two and nine last year. That's a big. That's a big swing. I understand the Bill Snyder approach, the mm. JUCO approach. Adam Durrell was a highly successful Division two head coach. He knows how to get the most out of his talent. They have talent. This is a really dangerous football team. Dangerous enough to where they're going to flirt with a playoff berth. Wow. Abilene Christian is a sleeper in this in this conference. You think they uh, give Baylor any trouble week one? No. <laughs> well, no. No, no, they, they won't. Cause the, the way Baylor's gone, though, that program is uh... – Yeah, it could be hit or miss. But I, I think now that Coach Rule has, you know, kind of got his footing mm-hmm. and got everything cleaned out out there, you'll start to see Baylor look like we saw Temple look under uh, Coach Rule. But Abilene Christian is a really good team, I believe. See, sleeper. We share a hot take. Not the oh. Abilene Christian one. But in terms of playoff teams, one, two, three, four, five. Now, see, that's hotter than mine. Five teams will make the playoffs out of the Southland Conference. I can see that. We saw five four should have gotten there last year. The four, the four teams that are ranked, I think, will make it. Okay. The fifth team, I'm going to leave as a mystery. Ah, I thought you was gonna see. I'm nope. the one that can't give the, the <laughs> prediction. You know. Well, I mean, I've given away four of my hot take. I mean, Sam Houston, McNeese, Nichols, Central Arkansas. I'll make it. That's that's easy. That's, that's the easy one. But the fifth one, you might have to just listen to our podcast when we do the playoff preview, folks. That, that's, ah, I can't wait. That's uh, that could be something that uh, I'm just saying. It could be a little little interesting here folks so five wow so i thought i was bad with with, with my 52 team playoff field (laughs) here's the thing i've only done like one for like three different conferences i'm listening back i'm like crap there's some there's some there's some spots i have to fail here we go um folks that's going to wrap it up again emory's already producing content since we're putting this up on a wednesday for the podcast emory's been a very very busy man um traveling he's doing he's getting upset by fantasy folks that don't know what they're talking about i really don't understand like this is let's say this. Yeah. Since this is an FCS podcast, right? Sure. FCS fans can relate. We talk FCS. We breathe eat, sleep, and breathe F- FCS. Yes. Our listeners eat, sleep, and breathe FCS. Imagine if someone that has no idea about the FCS comes in and says, Oh, FCS teams are bad. Hmm. They don't have talent in the FCS. Bison fans? Exactly, right? <laughs> would you would you like to Despite the, the experience of what we JMU fans would you like to rebuttal thank you that's all I'm trying to say and you know respect the experience of someone that has done it only that's good the, only good players come out of FBS yeah like imagine thinking that and we're and we hmm. have talked about numerous players getting drafted making teams making impacts guys that only come, don't only come from the FBS I seem to remember a guy by the name of Jerry Rice oh wow I, I, I may have heard of him. I, I think, I think I heard he him. was decent, wasn't he? I mean, I remember this FCS player being a Heisman finalist. Um, Who was that again? Steve McNair, I believe. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, that's a decent player, too. Yeah, out there he's pretty but decent. But we know nothing. We, yeah, no. Nah, yeah. You, you um, only watch the games and call yeah. them and follow them. And what do I know? Hang out at tailgates and drink too much beer. And Listen. <laughs> first, two things. we got to make two public service announcements. One, 
for all teams listening involved in the Southland Conference, you yes. have phenomenal colors and uniforms. Yes. I do wear an extra large. <laughs> I am fitting. I am getting myself fit into a large. Okay, a large. Yeah, Dave. Large. You're an extra. L- I'm looking at the shirt. You're an extra large. <laughs> so you Dave and I. It's a large. <laughs> Dave and I are extra large. And uh, the second PSA is that the tailgating. Yes. We're definitely serious about this. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. We're serious about the shirts, too. But we're <laughs> we're definitely serious about this tailgating oh, yeah. in the South. And the third PSA, again, anything you find that you disagree with, that you hate, that you <laughs> don't like that we talked about, <laughs> at Craig Haley yep. for our, our, our complaint department to, to sit on your complaints over there. So Especially with the top 25, Oh, yeah. Paul. Sit, all that. All that. I, I, I can I actually people are going to tweet out except for the fans of Yale they're going to send a, a very strongly worded letter strongly worded letter in cursive which <laughs> in cursive in manuscript at Craig Haley our football the, game plan complaint department get, get the calligraphy out for the uh, for the Yale complaints <laughs> that they're not in the top twenty five folks we've only got one conference left I can't wait man because I you know it's it's funny because it. I it's gonna we get to talk swack next week and the swack is bringing back their conference championship game who knew. Com- a, a conference that gets very little respect. Very little. Um, almost, almost the lowest amount. Of, they, they're they're barely ahead of the pioneer in terms of how much they're covered, how much respect they get. There are some great players coming out of this conference, and there are some incredibly historic programs in this conference. Grambling. Need I say more? Yeah, you talk about Southern. Uh, need I say more? You talk about you know me just coming from Canton, one of Jackson State's. Uh, players just went in and Robert Brazil, former Houston Oiler, on a team that 71-74 Jackson State squad. You know who his teammates were? Walter Payton, Jackie Slater. But no good teams, no good players. Nah, no way. Yes. Hey, and uh, it can't be. They, they must have their own separate section of the Hall of Fame for good, but only good enough. Yeah. FCS players. Hall of Famers. Over there. Just right. just go away. Prairie View A&M, Texas. I mean. Uh, there's, there's, so I'm excited to wrap up uh, with the SWAC. Yep. And I'm also excited to start this whole, we're going to release our preseason football game plans, preseason top 25, football game plans, preseason FCS All-American team, and our preseason playoff predictions. The play, the playoff predictions, we're going to need a giant whiteboard for the number of teams you've put into the postseason. I so think far. I might be at 52. I, I, I am going to listen back on all of the podcasts, and I will figure out how many teams you've decided to put Please in. Please remind me, because when I go in, because I have to make sure I have to make some, some you know, Editorial decisions of you know, how many teams. Cuts. Right, I got to make some cuts. If I, if I'm over over uh, the amount of uh, slots in a playoff uh, bracket, we're gonna push them into bowl games. Ah, so you got, so should we come up with some uh, hypothetical bowl games as well as the- I already told you, like the I ten you know shrimp fried rice bowl, red beans <laughs> and rice bowl. I, I got I got bowl games for for days. Just just put it in Louis. Put all the bowl games in Louisiana. That way we can have the food. Bingo. There we go. Now you thinking. Now you thinking the right way. <laughs> it's all everything we do, folks, is food based. It's not football based. Shout out to the based. South Lake Conference. So, although I think the SWAC might have a little objection with them with the Southland having the best. Well, I don't know, counts. man. I don't know. I don't know about the SWAC. The SWAC don't tailgate like that, man. I don't know. That's yes. a debate. That's a we could put that one to a Who poll. Has, which which conference has the best tailgate? Or Ooh, which, that might be a good poll. Or which which team which team puts on the best? No, because you see. People, then, yeah, everybody. Yeah, people are are, are, are assholes right, with polls. Right. Like, here are your two <laughs> options. First comment, another option. Like, no, pick one of the doggone options. <laughs> All right. So, uh, but I think that's a good poll, though. Which, I think that really is. Which conference puts on the best 
tailgate for a game. We're, we're going to get some people into fights <laughs> before the playoffs even begin. Oh man, I can't wait. You said the Southland has the best has the best <laughs> tailgate. <laughs> Just hit because a lot of these uh, again. The Northeast has some good food. I'm not complaining there. Okay, but in comparison to the Southland swag, SoCon, you high if you think anything <laughs> above the Mason Dixon line can compete. I mean, I I will say this: if it's anything like what they had at Virginia Tech, I'm going to agree with you. Well, did not you say above the Mason Dixon line? Well, Virginia Tech is below the Mason Dixon line. Exactly. So I'm saying anything above that. But you're talking deep south, so there's a difference. Touche. There is a difference. There, touche. All right, Mid Atlantic. That's Mid Atlantic. <laughs> Where have we gone? To the- <laughs> Welcome to the Rachel Ray Cooking Show, folks. Today we'll be talking about. <laughs> anyway, folks, that's going to wrap it up for the Southland. Again, Emery's already got stuff up with. Uh, you've already got. What have you already got up for the Southland? We got the high school recruiting, and this is big because, uh, you know, I, I'm a big proponent of recruitment. Yes. And these kids are choosing these these programs, making great decisions for their future. Incoming talent in the Southland strengthens the league as a whole. Yes. And if you haven't checked out that video, it's up on our YouTube channel. Go check that out. You're going to be surprised at some of the talent that they have. And then you got a whole bunch of other videos coming out this week on Draft the Southland. prospects. Draft prospects, All-Americans pot- potentially. Next week, we got the SWAC. And then we've got our previews. we got our All-American team, our Top 25. we got our playoff preview. And then it's time to get on the field. August, what, 25th? Is that the first weekend of the football season? Yeah, I'll be at the the Duquesne-UMass game. Intrigue. You talk all about this stuff with, with the tailgates, and then you go up to... Uh, UMass anyway. usually has good food for the press in the press box, so shout out to UMass. U- UMass, it, it's a fun time. And, I I will, and next week I will uh, announce my broadcast schedule. Ah yes. So, so which games will I be calling? So all the groupies can follow you around. Well, you know, I you know, <laughs> I can't help if I have fans. You know. Well, that makes one of us. Anyway, folks, <laughs> thanks again for listening in. We may have gone a little bit off topic, but at least it was delicious. We'll talk about the swag next week. Check out YouTube.com for all of the content that Emery's putting out for the Southland this week. Again, if you want to listen to any of our podcasts going back all the way to the Big Sky Conference, if you want to listen up before the season begins. Go to SoundCloud, go to iTunes, search Football Game Plan in the podcast section. Give us that five-star rating, and we'll be looking forward to next week. It's SWAC week. Thanks for listening in, folks.